It's time for Shattered Soulstone. Featuring the latest news from Sanctuary and beyond. Each episode, a heroic party of Nephilim band together to help keep you informed on everything in the Diablo universe. And now, your Diablo Community Podcast. Coming to you from somewhere in Sanctuary, this is episode 368 of Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. This episode is called Diversity. It is July 15, 2022, and this is Jen. So I'm going to start off with what you may have seen on social media already. Warcraft Radio has rebranded as Bonus Roll Productions. For a number of reasons, and they've got a new logo and a new name and all that kind of stuff. And I'm mentioning it here because Shattered Soulstone is one of the podcasts that is on Bonus Roll uh, Productions. And so you can find us there and you can, just like you could before at Warcraft Radio, you can leave a comment or that kind of thing. But one of the things that I found really interesting about this is that there's a section when you come to the main website of Bonus Roll Productions that says find your perfect podcast. You can search by name. You can search by content. So if you're looking for casual, community, esports, PvP, whatever, you know, role play, it's all in there. You can also filter by games. So if you wanted to just look for the Diablo podcasts on there, you can do it that way. You can also sort a list by default that highlights shows that have either or all of these things. One is LGBTQ plus host. One is BIPOC host. One is female host. And I could see all of the reasons why these things are being highlighted specifically because typically in podcasting, it's been a lot of white dudes and it kind of still is. In addition, everyone whose podcast is on Bonus Roll Productions was able to select for themselves if they wanted to include little logos for any of those little things I just named so that if people are just skimming through whatever's, you know, whatever podcasts pop up when they get to the page of Bonus Roll uh, Productions, they can see if there is an LGBTQ plus host because it has like a little heart with like a rainbow uh, behind it. And then um, BIPOC is another little icon that has different shades of brown and black in it. So you can tell, you know. So if you're looking for any of those categories with, you know, hosts of that type, you can see it visually right on the little description card for the podcasts that are using those there's um there's a whole bunch of podcasts here so you might want to take a look at it again if you're looking for something new to listen to and uh, they're on twitter you can check them out on twitter and various other things and i just want to highlight it because shattered soulstone is on there and i was really thrilled to put in the lgbtq plus host thing because i'm non-binary and i think the more people that you know, are out as podcasters, you know, in, in that way, in LGBTQ, makes it more comfortable for other people to want to participate in or listen to your show that are also from that same group. The female host thing is important as well, because as I've said, um, podcasting goes back pretty far and it's been predominantly a lot of white dudes. I don't have anything against white dudes, but 
you know, we need some more diversity. The world has moved on. It can't be all white dudes with one opinion. You know what I mean? So that's, uh, that's what this is. And, you know, check it out if you get the time and want to find some new podcasts or just to check out the Shattered Soulstone one and the other Diablo ones on there. That'd be cool too. Blizzard Entertainment has been in the past uh, during Pride Month. They highlighted some of their workers who are LGBTQ plus and they're continuing to do it in July. So they're calling this Pride Season Spotlight and they're highlighting different people one a day. They started on June 11th. And so they've highlighted Lauren Sowens, who is the associate producer of story and franchise development at Blizzard. She uses she, her. Courtney Vogel is in, an environmental artist at Overwatch, also uses she, her. Sarah Westerhoff is uh, the game master, a game master and customer support and uses she, they. Uh, Laura Greco is associate quest designer at World of Warcraft and uses she, her. And Kelly Yeo, uh, or Yeo, I hope I'm getting that right in some way, is the associate, an associate game producer and uses they, them. And I think they're going to keep doing this just to kind of highlight that there is a diversity of people at Blizzard. And I think it's a good thing to point out because everyone's just seen a whole lot of uh, emphasis on supporting people that are LGBTQ, whether that's aiming you towards the Trevor Project or you know various other things, or just highlighting people on Twitch who happen to fit that category. Um, there's a lot of people that are like, "Oh, that's great, that's cool. I want to know more about this. I want to you know know more people who are like me in some way." Or you're just you know someone who actually cares about other humans that are different from you. Go figure, right? And even in this thread that I'm seeing from Blizzard, some people are you know really really like excited about I'm so glad you're still like you know highlighting people and then you've got all of this hatred right there in Twitter because Twitter is what Twitter is we all know I'm glad that Blizzard is doing that is it a publicity stunt I doubt it I can't imagine that all of these people would decide yes I want to be part of a publicity stunt you know so it's just a way of like showing that people that are LGBTQ are you know doing cool things like everybody else could do too that sort of thing you know then we have this announce announcement from The Sims, which I did not expect to see, but here we are. They announced just recently a uh, sort of new features or a feature with several things in it. They're calling it Sexual Orientation in The Sims 4. It's a new update to feature sexual orientation and in Create a Sim. So if you make a new Sim, you can use these. And so basically this is what it has. There's a sexual orientation panel that you can use after you create your sim and then you can, you know, you can like fix its hair and pick what it's going to wear and all this other stuff. But you can also decide if your sim is romantically attracted to men or women that if this sim is exploring romantically now, that sounds like, are they, you know, in a relationship or single, but what they want it to mean within the sim interface here is either this sim knows which uh, gender or you know which male or female are they attracted to one or the other? That's kind of what they're saying. If they're they know what they like basically, but the other option is are they exploring romantically? You can click the yes button for that sim, and you know the sim might change which type of sims they're attracted to as you play. Um, and then there's another one. This sim is interested in mess around with, and it's either men or women, and you can kind of, you know, do that. It says in here that if your sim is uh, essentially hit on by a sim that, that is not 
of the gender that they're attracted to, they're going to turn them down and vice versa. If they try to attract a sim that is not attracted to them for whatever reason, you know, um, it's, it's that kind of thing. They did mention non-binary options. Um, they're not in the game yet, but this is um, how they explained it in the My Sim is Attracted to and all this stuff. The person who's writing this wrote, I understand there will be concerns here around the initial options being gender binary. Mechanically, non-binary sims don't yet exist in TS4. We while we made great progress in representing non-binary sims with the pronouns update, which they did previous to this, we acknowledge that pronouns are not the same thing as, as gender identities. We recognize that we still have a ways to go in this regard. And then there's some frequently asked questions in here. And one of the questions was, why are there only two gender options? And they're talking about, they don't have a way to put non-binary in there just yet. You could use they, them, or she, her, or, or, or uh, you know, she, they, he, they. Possibly. I haven't actually tried this out yet, so I don't know. But, yeah, it's they can't do it yet. And this makes me think of um, RimWorld, where your character is either male or female, and they could be straight or gay or bisexual, but there's no option to make a pawn, as they call them in uh, RimWorld, that is non-binary. And the reason I think that is in RimWorld is because the pawns are, they're just little characters in there. Like you, you run the game and these things do what they, you know, mostly what they want to do. Even if you don't want them to, they can get in fights with each other. They can get, you know, they can get married to each other. And it seems like they're, the, the game there pairs up uh, two people of the opposite gender, sometimes two people of the same gender, but they don't know how to, like the, the game was made before they knew what to do with non-binary and so that's not in there so i think the sims is going to try to get some representation for non-binary sims in there i guess it's kind of interesting yeah so there's that and then there's this thing that's been screenshotted a lot today that when i looked on twitter someone uh or many people may have asked can i turn this feature off the whole thing with gender and all of that and the answer is no while we try to give players the option to toggle certain gameplay features, LGBTQIA plus identities are in fact are a fact of life and not a toggle to be switched on and off, which is fascinating because you could honestly, you could make a sim look however you want the sim to look. You can pick, you know, is this person romantically attracted to male or female? You can pick that. The part that says this sim is exploring romantically, you can say, no, they're not. They know who they like or this sim is interested in fooling around with men or women and you can pick either box or none you could pick almost you could pick none of these if your sim is agender or asexual you can kind of mess around with that but they can't get the non-binary thing in there yet i'm hoping they'll figure it out at some point in addition um july is disability pride month which i had never heard of before just recently i have a ton of disabilities um i've said this before i have a ton of allergies i have fibromyalgia i have borderline anemia um, I have PTSD, I'm dyslexic and dyscalculic as well. So how I'm doing this show, I don't know, but these are mine. And it's a thing that a lot of people try to hide their disabilities because they get trashed on in social media and stuff like that. Or people just don't understand what it is and think you're just, you know, opting out of stuff because you're lazy or something, you know, that kind of thing. Even doctors sometimes won't believe you um, when you go in for stuff. It's it's that kind of thing. So July is Disability Pride Month. There is a flag for this someone made. I think her name was uh, Anne M Magill. 
uh, a disabled woman made this flag. Uh, anything, everything I'm talking about in the show will be in the show notes if you want to take a look at this flag. And I think I used it on my personal account on Twitter as well. So it's out there. So yeah, this is a little bit about that. July is Disability Pride Month, which is celebrating its 32nd year. Wow, it's been around a lot longer than I thought. After the Americans with Disabilities Act ADA was passed on July 26, 1990 to prohibit discrimination against people with disabilities. This month is a time to recognize and celebrate how disability is a natural part of human diversity in which people living with disabilities can take pride. And following this legislation, Boston, Massachusetts held the first ever Disability Pride Day event and Disability Pride Month was born. Since then, Disability Pride events have been held across the country and the world, which is pretty interesting in there and if you want to read this more you can find out what all the little colors on the flag mean and things like that but I've never heard of this before so I kind of posted it because there's a lot of people out there that have disabilities you may have friends that aren't talking about them but they have them maybe you know not everybody's comfortable saying this is all the things wrong with me you know that kind of stuff but it's there and I just I've never seen it before so I'm letting all of you know about it too maybe you have disabilities and you know want to feel represented as well. We also have a thread of tweets from ABK, which is the ABK Workers Alliance. And if you're not on Twitter, I'm going to just read this to you because it falls into the main title of the show here. Just This is just how it comes out. I don't plan the show titles before I start. I just look and see what I have, you know. So ABK wrote this on July 12, and they were uh, quote tweeting themselves, but I'll just read this to you on july 21st abk workers will be walking out to end gender inequity at activision blizzard king our message has been driven towards leadership for a year with little to no concessions from moving goalposts to spontaneous quote chat end quote invitations from executives with individual members we have seen the attempts to undermine workers collective voice okay moving the goalposts i think everybody knows what that is like well we need you to do this and this oh no now it's this and that instead or oh we said we'd do this but actually it's this that kind of moving goalpost thing the spontaneous quote chat invitations from executives is it's a way to silence people it's a way to prevent you from going through their HR if they have one again HR always always remember HR is not there to protect the workers it's there to protect the company so that sort of thing but also if it's just a one on one with an executive and you're just chatting and there's no record you can't use it to sue um which is a problem so that's kind of what they're pointing at in that tweet uh it goes on we will continue to fight for better working conditions across activision blizzard king until a formal settlement is agreed upon by workers the executive suite and our resources at cwa we have made our intentions clear to leadership and always encourage them to make good on our invitation for a meeting with the Worker Committee. We hope to see you all in solidarity on July 21st. Thank you for your continuous support over the year. We get asked a lot about what people can do to show solidarity and support, which is why we have created these nifty profile picture borders. Show your solidarity for an a, a better ABK and we are GWA on your profile and you can pick one of those and use it. But most of all, the best way you can show your solidarity 
solidarity to our movement is by sharing and talking about the demands of our upcoming walkout. Every voice matters and together we can make a better ABK. So this is what they want. It is the walkout to end gender inequity. One, all ABK employees must have the option to choose fully remote work for positions which are impossible to operate outside of a physical office, such as facilities. Employees must have the option to relocate to an office in a safe state or country. And this has to do with like COVID. You know, if you're immune compromised, like I am, and a number of people are, you're not going to want to be in an office where the company, whatever it is, says, yeah, we're not going to, you don't have to wear masks. It's fine. Go get COVID and get sick. Make your co-workers worse. You know, that's that's a very valid thing that they're they're asking about is to go do, you know, remote work because then you have control over your environment and maybe you won't die and spread it to your family members. I'm paraphrasing a bit of this here. Not all of that's in their little note. Uh, Two, all ABK employees currently residing in locations passing discriminatory legislation must be offered relocation assistance to a safe state or country. And if I had to guess, I would say that um, discriminatory legislation might include the we're just not going to care about COVID anymore, but it's also preventing people who are LGBTQ from getting hired or from uh, protection from being fired for no reason or to prevent them from getting affirming health care. That kind of thing can happen. But also anyone who's uh, BIPOC can get, you know, discriminated against as well. There's also ageism in the workplace and all this stuff, you know, and of course they're talking about gender inequity. So they're talking about women having like less pay and this sort of thing, which we know happens at Activision Blizzard King. Number three, ABK must provide cost of living adjustments to the compensation of employees who relocate to a safe state or country to avoid discriminatory legislation. That seems reasonable. Four, ABK must ensure that our health insurance partner continues to cover transgender and reproductive health care, including abortion. For employees that must travel to receive this life-saving health care, ABK must cover all travel expenses. Number five, management must immediately and transparently enact plans to allow relocation from locations which are passing anti-abortion, anti-LGBTQ+, or any other demonstrably discriminatory legislation. Six, employees must be included in the audit slash report requested by shareholders to make sure that our sexual harassment audit was conducted fairly and exhaustively. Seven, ABK leadership must agree to hold regular meetings with members of the worker-led committee against sex and gender discrimination. That's a fairly new committee is my understanding. And the last one, number eight, ABK must sign a labor neutrality agreement like Microsoft did recently so we can freely organize our workplace and bargain for concessions like this in a legally binding contract. I think all of these things are valid and reasonable and they should have them. And if you think so too, you can go get one of those little portrait frames to put on your Twitter account. I don't know if they have them on Facebook because I don't go there, but they might, you know, that kind of thing. And it's going to be on the 21st. So if, you know, you get on social media on the 21st and you see uh, stuff that's affirmatively supporting that, then you can retweet it, I suppose. That might help get the word out. I have no idea if this will actually affect some of the high ups at Blizzard, but maybe. The Communications Workers of America has uh, a page here if you want to attend the event. It says where it's going to be, what time it starts, what time it ends. This is called Support Activision Blizzard Workers Walking Out to Demand an End to Gender Inequity. And it's got uh, pretty much all the things I just read you from the other thing, and it's got a little map here and all of this stuff and on the one hand like if you live there or if you're part of the workers and you believe in 
what uh, a better ABK wants. I can see where you'd want this information to exactly where to go and when and all of this stuff, but I'm also freaking terrified that this is going to bring people that are going to do like violence because they don't like this or something. So I'm kind of not sure if I'm going to put that one into the show notes, but it exists. On a totally different matter, IGN has this article titled Ubisoft to shut down multiplayer and online services for 15 games in September 2020. In some cases, DLC will also be unplayable. This was written on July 3rd and updated on July 4th from someone named Adam Bankhurst. I'll read you part of this. Ubisoft is set to shut down multiplayer and online services for 15 games on September 1st, 2022, including five Assassin's Creed games, Far Cry 3, Splinter Cell Blacklist, Prince of Persia, The Forgotten Sands, and more. For games like Assassin's Creed 3 2012 release and Ad- Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, the installation of the access to DLC will also be unavailable on that date. Quote, closing the online services for some older games allows us to focus our resources on delivering great experiences for players who are playing newer or more popular titles, Ubisoft wrote on its support page. There's more than this, though. There's like a bunch of these that they're knocking out pretty soon. So Assassin's Creed 2, which is on PC and PlayStation 3... Uh, You will be unable to play multiplayer, link Ubisoft accounts in-game, or use online features. The 2012 release is pretty much the same, um, and it's on Xbox as well. It'll knock it out for there, too. Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, pretty much the same as well. Um, Assassin's Creed Liberation HD, that's a PC game. Assassin's Creed Revelations is on PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360, and you can't play it anymore on there starting in September. Driver San Francisco, Far Cry 3 2012 release. Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Future Soldier, Prince of Persia Forgotten Sands, Rayman Legends, Silent Hunter 5, Space Junkies, Splinter Cell Blacklist, and Zombie U. That's on Wii U. So if you're really into those games and you haven't finished them yet, maybe go finish playing them soon before they disappear. I really hate when gaming companies do this kind of stuff because you've if you've paid for it, it should be yours. It should be something you can access at least as a solo play kind of thing without whatever ever other stuff. But if they've got stuff built into the games that, you know, they can't or won't separate out to let you just keep playing the old games, then this is what happens, and it's a really bad move for players, you know? You probably have heard of Carbot Animations. They do a lot of really cool stuff. They've done a lot of really funny things with um, the Diablo series of games and others, and they are now selling their marine plushies. There's a Patches one and a Crackhead one because it has a little crack on its head, and they've been sort of teasing out little images of these plushies in little pieces on their social media, at least on um, Twitter, and... (laughs) It's just kind of, um, they're cute. If you want them, go get them. I don't know how long they'll last, but it's their cute little thing. So if you like them, go get them. Blizzard posted a Diablo Immortal news update called Diablo Immortal Cut Down Demons with a Controller, which I've heard was going to happen. And it seems like maybe it is. There's a map here that will show you what all the buttons will do for you. And uh, they wrote this on June, uh, sorry, July 14. On June 2nd, the demons of the Burning Hells invaded Sanctuary at the command of Skarn. We all know this. Uh, Whether you've already begun your quest on iOS, Android, or on Windows PC in open beta, 
or are waiting for an opportune time to wage your offensive against the demonic invaders besieging sanctuary, we want to equip you with the best demon vanquishing tool, knowledge. Have your analog sticks at the ready. We are going to take a look at the at using controllers to play Diablo Immortal. There is in the settings a controller section, and you can map your buttons. Um, so that's kind of what you could do if you prefer using a controller. Part of this says creating more ways to play Immortal. Early in Diablo Immortal's development, we knew we wanted to create a Diablo game that provided players with a variety of ways to carve through ranks of demons. With Diablo 3's release on console, for a first for the Diablo franchise, players expressed enjoyment over the ability to slay demons, acquire powerful loot, and play with their friends, all while using a controller. We understand that for many players, using a controller provides the most comfortable experience, especially during long nights of Saving Sanctuary. So, we knew this was an option we had to provide in Diablo Immortal, as ultimately we want your experience playing the game to be nothing short of action-packed, thrilling, and comfortable too. Additionally, allowing players to decimate demons with the controller provides us with the ability to offer additional accessibility features, helping us make Diablo uh, a, a Diablo game that everyone can play. So that's kind of the idea there. And there's a little uh, video in here with a barbarian running around killing stuff, and it says controller detected. So you can tell if your game knows you're playing with a controller, because that would be a problem if it didn't know you were playing with a controller and tried to do something else. Um, so here's a little bit more. Using analog sticks and triggers to slay demons. We want to offer you, Sanctuary's Defenders, a variety of ways to cleave through the Burning Hell's legions. And so they're going to do... Uh, let's see... It should be known that the experience of playing on Immortal on a controller is intended to feel the same way on mobile and PC, making it all the easier to take advantage of Immortal's cross-play and cross-progression features. Immortal also sports additional features that speak directly to creating a seamless experience, whether you're playing solely with a controller or swapping between a controller and other input options. While playing Immortal, you may find yourself swapping back and forth between playing on a mobile device and PC. You may find yourself wanting to try your hand at repelling Skarn's forces with a mixture of touch or mouse mouse and keyboard controls depending on your device. Immortal has automatic detection for whichever of our available input methods you would like to use. That means as soon as you connect a controller to your mobile device or PC, Immortal will sense this and automatically adjust for this input. There is no settings for you to tinker with, no pause in your gameplay. The change is automatically made for you getting back into the fight immediately, which is pretty cool because there's a lot of people like me who can only play on a keyboard for a short amount of time because of disabilities. I have fibromyalgia. Sometimes my hands hurt too much and I just have to stop playing. But on a controller, it's a bit easier. So I, I might do that, but I'm also really comfortable playing Diablo Immortal on my um, my little mini iPad because it's just like, I'm small. It's small. It works better for me. And I don't have to hold it. I have like a, a thing I can put it on so that it'll just sit there for me. But this is going to be great for everybody else that wants to use a controller and I mean maybe I'll do it I don't know but I'm good with it for now but I like that there's options for other people too. On July 6th Diablo Immortal uh, well, Blizzard posted about Diablo Immortal's first post-launch content update which I've already read to you on this show but the thing I want to point out is the Hungering Moon event is on now starting uh, today the 15th 
And um, I'm not exactly sure what you're supposed to do. I'll probably try to get it in th into the game later and see if I'm big enough to do it or whatever. Uh, but that's going on through uh, starting today at 3 a.m. So it's already started at the time of this recording. And it will last until July 18, 3 o'clock a.m. server time. So you have to do a number of things, I suppose. I don't know what they are, but if I do them, I will come back and tell you how it went if I, if I get there. Uh, Riker has a video titled, it's a YouTube video titled, A Big Update for Diablo 3 Season 27 PTR Preview. And he talks about the patch in that one. So if you want to hear it from him instead of reading about it, that's a good way to go. He's really informative. I was watching this little clip from Anna Cake and Anna Cake was playing a necromancer in the PTR and found a bug that happens and it just decimates everything on the screen and it's just kind of um, astounding how that how that went and yeah so she was using skeletal mages and the skeletons and also the um, I can't remember the skill right now but it's the one that has all those creatures pop up from the ground and attack for a certain amount of time in a certain space, but it was doing it like over and over and over again, like maybe quicker. And the look on her face was like, what is happening? <laughs> so um, check it out. It's it's entertaining to watch. It, it really is. And the last thing that I have here is, what is the last thing? That might've been the last thing. Oh no, I have a video here from Bloodshed. And this is about Diablo 4. It is a YouTube video and it is titled, What We Know Diablo 4 Features gameplay systems pvp pve end game classes and release date so if you want to know more about diablo 4 i'm sure you'll find it all in this video and that's really all i have today i've been i've been sick for a while this week and i've been really busy doing things that have nothing to do with diablo games at all whatsoever um i've been playing dungeons and dragons i've been playing a recently a vampire game at first episode like vampire the masquerade first episode just ended and will be uh first season just ended and we'll be doing another one we're um starting to get into a superheroes game called uh i can't remember the name of it and uh we're gonna do a hunter game as well if you know what any of those are it's all like rpg like role-playing game kind of stuff you can find most of the videos on uh restless barbarian gaming on youtube if you want to check some of that out um, having a good time, but I'm really tired. So I just didn't have a lot to talk about on this show. And I didn't see a whole lot of new stuff from Diablo directly. So this is what we have. Go check out what we have if you want to, or maybe you already have done it. And I'm going to go ahead and close out the show now. You have been listening to episode 368 of the Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. Missed an episode? You can find the show blog and listen to the show archives at www.shatteredsoulstone.com. Come join us in game. Our in-game community and clan, both named Shattered Soulstone in Diablo 3 for sure, are open to anyone who would like to join. You can also join on Discord for the ultimate team and community-based experience. Find the Discord invitation link on our Twitter and Facebook page, as well as at the Shattered Soulstone website. Thank you for listening.